0: The Inside Ellen Road Podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit two Wither Park Industrial Estate Leeds, postcode LS five three AP. Check out PR Supplies on Facebook for all your home retail needs. Hello and welcome to the Inside Ellen Road podcast with me, Joe Donoghue, and your YEP Chief Football Writer, Graham Smith. Leeds United are under new management, or at least the first team are, as Javi Garcia was announced as the club's new head coach on Tuesday, pending a work permit. Uh, the Spaniard arrives with a wealth of managerial experience throughout Europe, but limited Premier League exposure, counting on just 18 months in charge at Watford. Uh, he most recently coached Al Saad in Qatar and has also taken charge of Valencia, Malaga, Russian side Rubin Kazan and plenty others. Um, he's something of a nomad, though, which we'll come to discuss shortly during this episode. Uh, but, Graeme, what, what are your first thoughts on, on the new appointment and, and the situation Leeds find themselves in? I think it made sense for a more permanent solution
1: uh, to be brought in this week in the wake of what we saw at Goodison Park. I think the reaction from the fans told you that. It was always results-dependent with Michael Scubala, and uh, I think the almost it felt like it would always be seen as temporary until he'd won enough games that you could say, you know, he was the man. Um, And these two games were huge in in regards to that. So the fact that Everton went so poorly meant I think they needed to act. And in terms of Javi Garcia, I can see see the logic in appointing him. Um, You know, speaking of people who have interacted with him, who've reported on his stints at various clubs. At Malaga, he was very successful, picking up the broken pieces of a, a team that had been sold off, all the stars had been sold. Anyone who had, was paid any real money was shipped out, and he had to kind of work with youngsters. He did very, very well in La Liga with them, thwarted the big two pretty consistently. He was known to have meticulous planning, uh, as, as as we knew Marcelo Bielsa to have. And um, at Watford, I think his sacking at Watford came as a bit of a shock, a bit of a disappointment to a lot of Hornets fans because he'd done so well there. You know, he he kept them up in the first season. Uh, he went in in January, I think, kept them up 14th place, 13th or 14th, it was 14th, in the Premier League, 11th the following season. He led them to their only their second ever FA Cup final. Um, and yes, they had a poor start to uh, the next season, but I think his sacking still came as a huge shock in the September. And um, so he knows the Premier League, you know, whereas some of the options that Leeds had been looking at initially in their shortlist were very much unknown quantities in the Premier League. Um, his spell at Valencia didn't go so well, but then whose spell at Valencia has gone well in recent years? You know, they've, they've been a bit of a basket case. And, you know, he got them 13th, I think, in La Liga. Um, while kind of admitting as he was going along that it wasn't going well. You know, he's very sad about the fact that he lost Rodrigo and four or five other top stars that summer uh, when Valencia had a bit of a fire sale. Um, so he's he's well-travelled, he's experienced. Um, the things that you read about him, he, he seems to come across very well. He seems to be quite a good man-manager. His time in Qatar, I think he had some issues with communication with the team, um, but he still won the league. He just didn't add the domestic cup. And I think that's why he ended up leaving Al Um So I can see the logic in his appointment, you know, especially given the circumstances. I think they needed someone with a bit of something about them. And, and he appears to be that man.
0: Yeah, Javi Garcia obviously coming in um, on uh, flexible terms. I believe is is the wording. Um, you know, in a fifteen year managerial managerial career, Garcia he's rarely stayed with a club for longer than one or two seasons, which kind of made his his Watford stint or his his Malaga stint um, kind of um, you know out of the ordinary for for him. You know, is he a short term appointment? Do you feel? You know, what what do you make of of the club's wording in their announcement yesterday? I think the word flexible gives everyone sufficient
1: scope to reassess. In the summer, I would be stunned if you know if it went poorly that that Leeds would not find themselves changing manager again in the summer. I think for him to stay, uh, I think he's going to have to enjoy it. I think it's going to have to go well, and I think they're going to have to play good football. You know, for the fans to accept that he's the man permanently, um, they're going to have to be a Premier League club, and they're going to have to play football that that they enjoy. No, it, it's a difficult. That's a difficult one because. There's gonna to have to be an element of pragmatism to try and get results, to prioritize results and wins. They only have four all season. Um, so the aesthetic of how they play can't really be his first concern. You know, he has he's said some great things in the past about winning any old way, you know, leaves you feeling empty if you don't bring the fans on board, if the fans don't feel involved, they're not part of it. So you would think that he'll try and play some kind of football that that fans will like, because that's his philosophy. Watford fans seem to like his football. Um, you know, there's some great clips of the possession game they played. They went direct to Troy Deeney if they had to. Um, but I think for him to stay as permanent manager at Leeds, then it's going to have to go incredibly well between 9 and May. Um, otherwise, you know, I could see them, if they stay up, I could see them going for one of their initial targets if they're available and they're keen to come, like uh, Iriola or a uh, slot if he's available but I think that very much depends on how things go for him at Feyenoord you know if they win the league then his stock will shoot up incredibly and it's already pretty high at the minute uh, Marcelo Gallardo is another that they looked at who would possibly be keen in the summer it's all very much dependent on which division they're going to find themselves in um so we're in for an interesting time but I think they had to bring someone in and um and I think, I think most fans have recognised that. I think there are people who are underwhelmed, but you have to look at the context of the situation they're in and think, who wants to come in right now and take this team that's only won four games, that has some injury problems, that needs wins badly. And wins are difficult. It's difficult to see where they're coming from, looking at the fixtures, because Leeds have not fared well against teams around them this season and expecting them to do doubles against the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea is a big, big ask, even if both sides are having their struggles. So it's not exactly the easiest job in the world to come into. Um, so perhaps, uh, Grassier is the highest calibre and, and the most sensible appointment that you could hope for in, in such a context.
0: I suppose sensibility is probably a, an important thing here. You know, we, we heard Michael Scubella talk about pragmatism before the uh, the Manchester United game at Old Trafford. Um, and Leeds were more pragmatic in that game. Obviously, weren't able to to glean any points from the following fixture or the the game against Everton, which you know is, is will will come to to be a real Nadir of the season, I think, um, purely in terms of the the quality on show. But um, I think you know if if you look at Gracia's records, you know he there there is enough to say that he is able to deliver results in a short period of time um, because of how you know how often uh, rather how how long a period he's been at clubs. You know, he's been able to, he, he hasn't needed, you know, a, a 10, 11, 12 month period to, to instill a philosophy and to instill um, a, a way of playing, which maybe we, we, I don't want to say we were impatient, but we were kind of always waiting for that to be, to be delivered the, under Jesse Marsh, um, which he, he ultimately failed to do. Um, so I think, you know, the, the things I've read about Garcia, you know, he, he's quiet, he's, he's quite calm headed and, um, you know he's somebody who, as as you mentioned earlier, is quite meticulous. You know the it, the sensible pick sounds like a, a, a good thing, sounds positive, but ultimately, you know the the need for results is is immediate. You know it's absolutely imperative that Leeds get something from Southampton this weekend. Um, and I mean, if Everton wasn't a must win, this uh, and and was a must not lose, then this game against Southampton is a must win, absolutely, um, because otherwise you you're going to find yourself cut adrift. Um, you're going to find yourself leapfrogged by another team in the bottom three, uh, and you're going to find yourself pretty quickly at the the, the very bottom of the table. So, yeah, Southampton uh, this weekend is going to be very important. Now that brings me to my next point, Graham. You wrote something today about the uh, work permit situation. Obviously, that was um, announced in in the the, the the signing announcement that that Javier Garcia will need um, to, um, to, to, to gain a work permit as not being a, a British national, the same as any player, the same as any manager, uh, same as anybody coming into the United Kingdom post, um, leaving the European Union. Um, he will need to, that, that, um, he will need, you will need his status to be granted by the home office, his employment status effectively. Um, what is the, the, your understanding of that situation? Because you know, if he isn't in the dugout on Saturday because of a, you know, a clerical issue or a, or, you know, essentially some, some political red tape, that's, it, it still seems as though it's not, you know, the best laid plans.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, although it's, it's relatively straightforward in the end, I think. Um, the FA can issue a governing body exemption to the, uh, current, post-Brexit immigration guidelines. And the Home Office and the FA came up with this uh, criteria that managers um, and players, but in this instance we'll talk about managers, they have to meet in order to be granted a work permit, essentially, in order to take up a post. Um, And it's all really based around the calibre of the person that you're bringing in, or at least it's supposed to be. We'll we'll get onto that shortly. But um, the FA want want you to be taking overall control of the team, They want the team that you're coming to to not have a manager in place. Um, They also want you to have managed in what they call a top league uh, for three years out of the last five or two years consecutively during the last five. Um, There's also stipulations around if you've managed an international team that come into it as well, but that doesn't apply in this case. Gracia has not managed in what they call a top league for... Three years or two years consecutively, in the last five, he comes pretty close to the three-year threshold. When you consider he was at Watford for eighteen months in the in the applicable period, he was at Valencia for nine months. He was at Al Sadd for six. Al Sadd, however, doesn't really count because the Qatar Stars League is not in bands one, two, three, four, and five that the FA count towards top leagues. So band one, uh, you're talking about your Euro- European big five, all the way down to band five which includes the Chinese Super League uh, the Polish League um, and, and some others around the globe uh, the Qatar league doesn't feature in that I believe it's Band six so it, it wouldn't apply so he doesn't quite meet the threshold for time served as a manager in in top leagues in the last five years so if he doesn't qualify automatically which I don't think he does then he has to go to uh, an exemptions panel which is convened by the FA with a legally qualified chair and then two persons who have relevant experience at the top level of the game. And then what the club has to do is put together a case to show that you can be satisfied that this man is of the highest calibre and can make a significant contribution to football at the top level in this country. And um, all these things are for any foreign manager moving here from abroad to work. Uh, If you already live here, like Mikel Arteta, for example, might not have met the Um, criteria exactly when he moved to Arsenal. But he lived here and had been working here in another role. Um, Others, like Rafa Benitez, I believe, is a resident of the UK. So it it wouldn't have applied to him. But for Garcia, it it does apply. And he doesn't quite meet the criteria as far as I can see. So uh, he'd have to go through an exceptions panel, which is the same thing that happened with uh, Chris Gleissen when Leeds brought him in. And Victor Orta talked about the club's pride at being the first team to successfully get a player signed Having gone through the exceptions panel, um, I think it's a relatively straightforward case, and we'll get onto precedence, But ultimately, this is a manager who made a significant contribution at Watford, proved himself to be a top-level manager. Um, Leeds could argue, and it, and a lot there's a, a lot of inbuilt subjectivity here that I think is there on purpose in the system, um, there by design, for clubs to argue that this is our choice. You know, this is our the, the man we believe to be the highest caliber um and i think Leeds will argue that um they'll also point to the fact that he's worked in the premier league in the last five years he's worked in la liga in the last five years he's previously worked in la liga he's got an extensive lengthy record as a manager um and and i see it as being a, a relatively straightforward thing i don't think there would be any concerns about him not getting the permit based on his record based on what he did at watford etc cetera, etc cetera. And then when you consider who else has had one, um, Vincent Company, I think didn't quite meet the time served criteria. Yondal Thomason was another. Ralph Ragnick didn't meet the criteria. They all went through exemption panels and and were passed without issue. And I think the one that stands out the most that was pointed out by Andy Watson, who's who's written a study for Analytics FC on Brexit ball, was Shota Avalardze, the ex-ranger striker who's gone who went in at Hull. Um I can't remember the country he was, Uzbekistan was he managing in before he he came to Hull? It certainly wasn't in a top league, and he didn't have the the requisite time served, and it was quite difficult to see in that instance how he could meet any of the criteria or be considered the highest calibre, and yet he was granted a work permit. So if if that was the case, then I would be absolutely stunned and aghast if Leeds didn't get a work permit in place for uh, Javi Gracia.
0: So I suppose that the next question is on the back of that Southampton on Saturday we're recording this on on Wednesday um obviously we haven't had the chance to go and speak to to Javier Garcia yet um the hope is that he will be able to conduct his press conference on um well later this week um so that we can you know speak to him for the first time ask him questions about his style because you know a, a lot that a lot that has been made so far is has been you know well gracia is somebody who will mold the team style to to the the profiles of the players in the squad and also the opposition um so i mean it, it's you know you, you can you can hazard a guess at what he's going to do and how he's going to play but just from a cursory glance at the teams that he's coached previously you know he has tried a number of different uh, formations he has tried a number of different styles mainly underpinned by that sort of possession style but um you know, the, the next most pressing question is, you know, w- will will he be there this weekend? I mean, in the dugout.
1: I think Leeds are hoping so, but there's no confirmation of that as yet. Hunay Emery, when he got his work permit and he qualified automatically, I believe, when he went in at Villa because he'd been at, was it Villa Real? He'd been at for a, such a lengthy period of time. Yeah. Con- two consecutive years at least, uh, maybe two and a half prior to coming to Villa. Um, It took a week. I believe for his work permit to come through so what we don't know is the short answer if uh gracia will be in the dugout. um it would certainly be a huge boost i think for all concerned and a very reassure it'd be a reassuring presence because everyone would look and see we've got our manager he's going to have a plan this is the plan and this is what we're doing um now it's not a complete disaster if he's not because I don't think there's anything in the immigration rules that prevent him from having a conversation with Michael Scubala um, or anyone else currently in the setup at Leeds and saying, if I were you, I would pick this team and uh, and I would perhaps play this way uh, and <laughs> have this plan. Um, I don't know how clubs get around it. I don't know if it's an entirely strict thing or if a club could, for example, welcome an incoming manager, not yet to get his work permit to the training ground as a guest in order to meet the players and give some sort of speech because they quite often have guests in to give motivational speeches at, at football clubs. Um, I don't know if he'd be able to observe training just as a as a casual observer in his own clothes. Um, I, I don't know how how you get around it um, or or if or if you even do get around it, but one would imagine there are ways and means if he's not going to be in the dugout. certainly expect him to be at Ellen Road in any case um you'd certainly expect him to be introduced to the fans in any case we'll just have to wait and see if he's actually involved on match day um maybe he'll manage remotely from the stand by some way um only if that complies with immigration law i'm quite certain um so we'll just have to wait and see but it would be nice to get a chance to hear from him prior to the game if he's going to be in charge i think that will happen if if they get the work permit through then I think we'll definitely hear from him and they'll be introduced to the media and therefore to the fans. It'll be nice to know what kind of formation he's thinking of, uh, if he's willing to divulge. Because he has often gone with the front two, hasn't he, in a 3-5-2 or a four-four-two. Um So that would be Bamford and Ruter, one would imagine, unless, he, unless he's seen something in one of the wide players or, or Aronson who could play as a second striker. With Rodrigo out, that that is. Um, Quite nice that he finally gets to manage Rodrigo, though, having um, having been so sad at missing missing out at that chance at at Valencia. Um, Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what he goes with in terms of style. We know that he's tucked his wingers inside and played quite narrow at times. We know that he's pressed from the front. We know that he's been keen to be defensively solid and have a solid, compact base, force teams out wide. Um, There are shades of jesse marsh in there somewhere um in terms of the the narrowness so let's wait and see um whether or not we get our first true sight of uh, javi gracia and his football on, on saturday but i think the board would be absolutely delighted if he were in place for the weekend's game because otherwise it, it's just not an ideal scenario you have likely michael scubala on the touchline again and I think we probably don't need to over-egg it, but I think everyone knows how tense things are at the minute, how tense they were at Everton, the chance that were aired against the board, against Victor Orta. Ellen Road, I think, at times has the potential to turn, but it only ever turns if things go badly. And I, I expect on Saturday that they'll be right behind the team from the off, um, and they'll stay right behind the team as long as they're being given you know what they've paid to see, which is a team playing well on a team probably being the protagonist and scoring goals.
0: Yeah, you would certainly hope so. There's obviously the um uh, the, the the FA Cup game next weekend, uh, rather next week um away at Fulham, which if the, if Unai Emery's work permit took uh, a week to to be to be granted, then you'd really hope that um that Javi Gracia's could also be uh, granted before that or, or the process expedited altogether because you know it's it's not ideal appointing a manager and then having him coach from the stands or not be able to 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 fulfill the you know the fullness of his role um until you know a week after and you know two games have gone by um I mean he did get Watford to the FA Cup final I mean at this moment in time it does feel a lot like a a distraction but I mean is is an FA Cup run a distraction if they beat Fulham and they make it to the quarterfinals is that is that a distraction? no the only for me the only way it becomes
1: a distraction in any sense is if a key player or two get injured so i suppose you could already argue that that has been the case this season because we've least have lost rodrigo on the base of a challenge he sustained at Accrington stanley when they were already you know they'd already won the game essentially um that decision to bring rodrigo on has not looked like a good one in retrospect um I think an FA Cup run would be a fine thing still for this club. I think it would be a huge bonus. It's not a prerequisite. This is not Al Saad where you need to win both, uh, You know, where you needs to keep them up and win the FA Cup to be seen as a success. I think keeping them up is the only real task at hand. But if they were to progress in the FA Cup, I just think it could do wonders for everyone concerned. I think it would alleviate a lot of the frustration if they were winning games in that competition alongside progressing out of the drop zone, it has to be said. I don't think fans will accept continuing to not win games in the Premier League, but somehow turning it on in the FA Cup. Um, Fulham away is a horrible draw, by the way. and I'm sure we've said it before, but they are flying. It's away from home. It's midweek. It's London, where things traditionally go abysmally for Leeds on every front, officiating in particular. Um, So I think it's a huge bonus. If they get past Fulham, I think it will lift everyone. I think it would be great for the players. I just think a bit of positivity and a bit of momentum is sorely needed around the place. And if the FA Cup can provide that, then perhaps it spills over into the Premier League campaign. Um I just think that Saturday is so huge. You know, the Southampton game is a colossal game, it really is. Um you can't maybe... really look
0: beyond that at the, at the moment, can you? No, it's no you can't. Very much... It's it's cliched, but you know you, you are taking it one game at a time, and you know you can't really look beyond Saturday and and the ramifications of of that ninety minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean Leeds could go bottom if they lose that game, and and that would if anyone was unclear about the severity of the situation they're in, I think that would hammer it home. That would be the exclamation mark. Um Gracia is obviously well aware of how precarious things are, so. I would give him credit in the way I gave Jesse Marsh credit. Um, now, Garcia wasn't assured a comfortable summer succession like Marsh was, even if he'd not taken that job. Um, but Garcia has had the the wherewithal and the confidence in himself to take this job on. Um, he knows how difficult it could be, um, and he obviously thinks he can do it. So, um, So fair play. Let's see if he can.
0: Yeah, let's see if he can. Um and and one thing before we, we close out this episode, um seen a a lot of debate. Well not debate, I've seen a lot of misspellings um of, of Javi Garcia, who is in uh who is an entirely different player. Um so just in case anybody is still having um the uh I don't know, what would you call it? The, the problem? Well, yeah, the problem. The problem of, of spelling or pronouncing Javi Garcia's name, it is instead of I before e except after C it's R after G except I don't know what what would you what would you come up with Graham
1: uh it's a after R always
0: it's a after R when it's a manager rather than an ex by Munich and Manchester City midfielder who played for Spain am I right in thinking that I think you did I I hereby give you permission
1: Joe should I fall file of the I see a spelling conundrum to uh, email me politely during working hours to remind me that I've got it wrong um, but I don't what about, if, what
0: about if I called you out on Twitter publicly
1: that would be a uh, we'd take that conversation off air uh, <laughs> offline we deal with that offline um, deal, with yeah, it, deal with that in the car park I, I so far touch wood so far I've spelled it correctly every time and I think I've spelled it so many times in the last three or four days that it should not be bedded in. Uh, but that said, I was still, I was still picking out March Jesse March in some of my copy before it went to print or web, just prior to his departure, just because it was such an easy thing to type. Um, but hopefully, it won't be the case with uh, javi Garcia. I am looking forward to hearing from him because I have enjoyed listening to some of the things he did. A great interview with uh, Guillaume Balagay. For the Premier League show when he was at Watford. he just signed uh it was November or October, November, at the start of his first full season in charge. And he signed a four and a half year deal because I think they were within three points of sixth place or something like that. It started the season really impressively. And then so they gave him a new deal at Watford. Um, those very sober, sensible uh owners. And um and he was asked about, you know. Do you think the players see this new deal and it gives you a bit more gravitas or a bit more respect? Or, and it was really interesting actually because it pertains to a situation now. And he said they respect, they don't respect the contract, they respect me if I deserve it. And, and essentially, it boiled down to wins, you know, and him making the right decisions. Um, and if they were getting results and they were enjoying football, then they respected him. And I've also read some stuff about how he's not particularly a shouter, you know, if he goes. If he goes to DEFCON five or if he turns the volume up to 11, he, he prefers to do it on a very rare occasion because if you do it all the time, it loses all meaning. A bit like when I'm walking the dog. If I'm mm-hmm. saying his name constantly, he just loses all interest. But if I use his name sparingly, you know, I have a 15% chance of getting an ounce of respect from him. Um, so I am looking forward to hearing from Gracia whenever we get the opportunity just to hear what his plan is. You know, how is he going to? A, approach this, Um, how is he going to make this team a winning team, and just how drastic are the changes that he's going to make, Um, and why he took it, you know, Um, other than the fact that it's
0: the Premier League and he was out of work, Um, but yeah, looking
1: forward to hearing from
0: him. Yeah, certainly, Um, and I'm looking forward to him commending one of your first questions with good question, just like Jesse Marsh did most (laughs) weeks. Good question, Graeme.
1: Uh, it got to the stage where as soon as he said, good question, Graham, my WhatsApp would ping and I knew straight away it would be you. And there were mm-hmm. others in the press room, who I won't name, who would be grinning like Cheshire cats whenever <laughs> he said it, because they knew that my WhatsApp would be pinging and it would be you. Um, yeah, hopefully there will be no, there would be none of that. I just prefer if they don't prefer if like with Marcella Bielsa, they don't generally acknowledge your existence uh, most of the time, um, and and if they don't seem to know who you are, I, I suspect that Bielsa knew full well who all of us were and what we'd written and said, um, but he he didn't ever show it. You know, there were no ever never any signs of recognition. Um, it's like in uh, the show, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," that character that they the the waiter that they consistently yes. besmirch and bully, but then. They don't show any signs of recognition whenever they see him. That it was like that with Marcelo Bielsa. It was almost like, "Who, who are you?" Every time you sat down, I almost preferred that to having <laughs> my questions commended as good questions because I knew the mockery, the the completely immature mockery that would follow.
0: Well, before we get into psychoanalyzing Graham and how he likes to be approached by Leeds United managers, <laughs> uh, I think we'll we'll end this episode there. But um, yeah, Southampton this weekend, and then fulham next midweek uh, next tuesday in the fa cup uh, we'll be joining you again on the inside ellen road podcast at some point next week um to uh, to bring you up to date with everything that's happening inside ellen road but um i've been joe donoghue this has been the inside ellen road podcast take care and bye for now The Inside Allen Road podcast is sponsored by PR Supplies at Unit 2 Wither Park Industrial Estate in Leeds. PR Supplies, everything for the home.